Welcome to the KPMG Elevate podcast series, Rapid Impact, putting your business on the fast track to performance innovation. In this second episode, you will have the opportunity to hear from David Rossman, principal in KPMG's advisory practice, who serves as the performance transformation services leader and works directly with clients in the role of strategy and operations consultant. Along with podcast host, Delisa White, an influencer executive visibility lead for KPMG and the Elevate Solution. They discuss topics such as the Elevate methodology and some of the benefits companies have experienced with it, the KPMG approach to partnership with the leadership of an enterprise company, how the KPMG intelligence platform fits into the kind of engagement. Let's listen in. Welcome back to the Rapid Impact Podcast. Chief Operating Officers focused on achieving sustainable performance improvement across the enterprise take a holistic view of the business and can target reactive as well as proactive approaches to improve return on capital, revenue growth, and EBITDA. Taking the first steps to assess performance improvement, tracking, and governance can shift a company's trajectory and significantly. We are here with David Rosman, affectionately known in these parts as Roz. He is a principal in KPMG's advisory practices and serves as a performance transformation services leader. As a strategy and operations consultant, Roz works directly with client senior leadership and C-level executives to develop strategic growth plans and operational transformations. Thank you so much for being here, Roz. Hi, hi. Glad to be here today. You know that Roz thing's a bit silly. It, it comes from I was a fighter pilot way back when, and my last job was working in the Pentagon. My lifelong love affair for for making companies perform better and organizations do better than they are today re- really started there. Uh, so it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh, well, thank you so much, Roz. That's such a fascinating background you have, and I think a really unique lens to kind of approach all of these issues. I want to jump right in to talk about the Elevate methodology, and can you tell us some of the benefits companies have experienced with it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, A lot of the ways that we think about Elevate actually come from my own experience of being a chief operating officer at a a billion-dollar-plus consumer company. I had worked at a large consulting company that did what what we called transformations and found them to be a very sort of top-down, sort of strategy-driven approach. At one point in time, I had, I had done one of these projects, and, and the group CEO asked me to run one of his divisions, and I had to do my own plan, if you will, or, or execute the plan that I, that I had drafted. When I got in the seat, though, I just recognized that the the strategy and the and the transformation plan that I had developed for myself was insufficient. We just didn't have enough understanding of the business at sort of a very granular level to make sort of the necessary changes and improvements um, that actually that actually would improve our financial trajectory. Mm. So a lot of the Elevate methodology is really based off of a very very bottoms up analytical view of the world. We take um, you know, it, we have the ability now with with technology to extract all of the information that sits in your uh, in your ERP systems and other and other IT systems, and and look at them in ways with powerful sort of analytical tools that we just never had the ability to in the past. 
And so Elevate really leverages that sort of bottoms up data and technology driven view to come up with a much more specific and granular perspective on where opportunities are and how to go after them. The, the other thing that Elevate really brings to us is the ability to bring real topic experts in, in who are very, very deep in their fields into specific areas of the business as needed. If you think about the way a lot of these projects, these large transformative projects are often run, a, a large group of junior and, and, and sort of generalist consultants are brought on and they attack your company and team with spreadsheets and methodologies and what we have done is created, of course, you need some methodologies to get everybody to work, but really it's a way for us to bring the best expertise in specific focus areas across your company. So when you combine it with this great network of experts that we have, it's a really powerful combination. Um, we are no longer running around guessing where to look, how to look, and what to fix. We are being very specific in the places that we believe you are off leading practice. Um, and, and we bring the right experts to you to be able to, to not only tell you that you're off leading practice, but to show you what good looks like and how to get there. Because ultimately, Doing one of these programs is not a theoretical exercise. It's a very real exercise. You can't have a sort of blue sky perspective on this. You have, a, you have to have a very much a rubber meets the road, get things done attitude. And Elevate really tries to do that with those two elements. That's an enormous endeavor. And it's got to be really challenging for leadership to approach that level of change. How would you describe the KPMG approach to partnering with the leadership of an enterprise company? You know, that, that's a really excellent point you're bringing up, Delisa. These are, you know, if you think about a company that needs to really change its performance trajectory, um, that, that's a tough decision for a lot of executives and teams. At the end of the day, they are they feel responsible for keeping the company on a good financial trajectory and sometimes through circumstances that are beyond their control, changing market conditions, disruption that happens that no one had foreseen like COVID-19. Um, there is a need to sort of take a step back and really rethink things. And, and so the first thing that we do when we work with these executive teams is really spend a lot of time with them and, and sort of help them to understand that this is a necessary part of, of the evolution of all businesses. Um, you know, there's very often for these senior leaders who are high performers, this sort of um, desire to always be perfect and sort of admitting that they need help is, is the first hurdle that we overcome. And, and the way we do that is to bring to them ideas um, that are leading practice that that others are doing. And sometimes it's so easy to lose sort of the forest for the trees when you're running a company and you're in the thick of it. Um, so one of the things that we do very, very early on is bring bring leading practices. And those can come in a lot of different flavors. Um, you know, sometimes it's benchmarks. Sometimes it's, you know, refer references that we have to other clients. Sometimes it's case studies on on industries that are uh, adjacent to them or, or, or or it can be also trends that are happening in the market. But but we find that getting the senior team to, to admit that there's a need for a change um, and that that need um, 
is is urgent is the most important step. The second thing we do is right from the get go, we put in place sort of our change management effort. And I think that term gets used very sort of frequently and, and often not well. You know, change management is really, if you're thinking about it, you know, you've got a company that works one way on, you know, the day you start any transformation and it's going to work in a radically different way at the end of it. And sort of everyone kind of superficially understands that change will happen, but they really don't understand that change is is one of the things that we as humans just don't like doing, right? We really, (laughs) really enjoy sort of, you know, our comfy sofas and, and, and that happens both in the workplace and at home. Um, that happens at every level, right? Senior executives get get comfortable with the status quo because that's what they've done for 20 or 30 years. Middle-level management gets comfortable with the status quo because, because it allows them to excel in their own careers because they understand sort of the metrics by which they're getting um, uh, evaluated on and they, they understand how the game works. And, and our most junior professionals, you know, like consistency because, you know, this is, this is when they're developing a relationship with a company. So, so coming in and saying that everything that we've been doing is good, but we need to do better is, is in the first instance, an incredible culture shock to people because no one wants to admit that they're not doing as well as they could. Um, But a lot of our change effort really starts you know, as we're saying in that first instance with executives, but we 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 think it is much more than something that gets done in a communication plan at the, at the end of a project. The third thing I think we do is we have tried to hire and bring lots of experts like myself who have actual line experience. I think there's a fundamental difference between sort of a consultant who has who's been a lifelong consultant has, and has dealt with problems sort of the periphery versus those who've been there, who've done that, who've actually had to deliver the results for which, you know, they're both responsible for the people underneath them and the financial outcome of, of that business unit. Um, and so our ability to bring leaders who can both be empathetic but can also give real-world examples of where they have done things um, re- really helps out a lot. And then I think the last thing that that is that is probably the most critical um, is the transparency with which we run these programs. Um, you know, it is it is very easy to abdicate as a leader um, in these companies that are going to undergo big change to abdicate that responsibility to to reports and, and to more junior professionals that that you know can get their work done. At the end of the day, the leadership skills that are required in changing a company are similar to but different than the leadership skills required to run it on a day-by-day basis. And some of our efforts around transparency, you know, the the, the weekly and monthly report that, that we do with them, um, the one-on-ones that we have with them to get them engaged in sort of how things are going and not, you know, sometimes pushing their teams in, in ways that aren't management but but feel a little bit like it to, to the team because we're a change agent. Like the fact that we actually spend so much time making sure that they understand how the transformation is going, much like other other professionals would give them all that sort of visibility and understanding of how their day-to-day businesses run. So th- those four things are really things we do. But I would say that, you know, getting the senior team aligned and bought in from day zero is, is really the task here. And it's it's not an easy one. I can certainly see that. And we'll, we'll talk in, uh, in a couple of questions about 
how you go through that process with, with people and when it's worked and when it's been challenging. But before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about how the KPMG intelligence platform fits into this kind of engagement? Yeah, when, one of the things we recognized when we were um, when we when we had this thesis that we needed a much more bottoms up view on this, when I think about consulting in transformations ten years ago, it was often a collection of tools and 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 benchmarks and approaches and techniques and and things that had been learned along sort of a, a, a consultant's lifespan, and so often a project was the result of that specific team's ability to bring their expertise to the table. Um, what we recognized is today's environment is both inherently complex and changing, meaning that bringing the best to a client requires us to sort of have the best at our fingertips. And so we've created a, an intelligent platform that allows us to have sort of what we would think of as leading leading class sort of at our, at our consultant's fingertips. That can be everything from looking at um, looking at uh, data and, and doing analytics in very specific ways. It can be um, based off, uh, you know, benchmarks that we bring to the to the table to be able to do comparison. It can be leading practices around how processes should be um, done or organizations should be organized or, or that sort of stuff. So, so the KPMG intelligence platform is really uh, a way for us to make sure that the consultants on the ground and the engagement at hand um, really have at their fingertips a, a vast array of, of different tools, techniques, and, and other things at, at their fingertips available whenever they need it um, versus just relying on what's, the, what's on the hard drive and what, what sort of experiences they've, they've had specifically. Um. Is there a, speaking of specificity, is there a specific client engagement that stands out to you that you could share about the surprises and or successes that they experienced? Oh, yeah, geez, lots of them. But, um, <laughs> God, if I had to pick a specific one, um, I'll do one that was recent. Um, I had a client, a uh, large international food company, um, and and part of the company that they um, um we're, we're in um, was was in a segment that they didn't have a lot of expertise in um, and and the company wasn't doing very well um, it was sort of lackluster compared to the other business units um, they ended up buying a, a competitor um, a much smaller competitor um, and their financial performance was was wildly different and, and and you know they were experiencing double digit growth and and that sort of stuff in a typical you know sort of m a arrangement the acquirer often um dictates sort of you know sort of the, the way things should be done going forward right in other words conquer you know the uh, the victor the victors write the history book sort of thing um and in this instance, they asked us to do a, a sort of bottoms up, you know, uh, assessment of the acquired company so they could really understand why is it they, they do better? Why is it they acquire more customers? Why is it that their sales are more profitable? Why is it they have better relationships? You know, why is it that they're, they're um, you know, really becoming renowned as a smaller but more interesting player versus versus larger player? Um, we use the Elevate methodology to to really get to a very, very deep understanding of how they were doing. And, and we did things like create profitability charts by by 
every customer, by every SKU. Um, we mapped out sort of their sales processes and compared them to, um, you know, the acquiring company. We looked at their technology footprint and, and saw that the way that they used it. We looked at their cost base and where they were creating scale in places and that sort of stuff. Um, we did a comprehensive review. Our findings out of that really informed um, what I would call a, a reverse sort of integration. In other words, they, they were so impressed by the way that this company performed um, because they, they got to understand it in, 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 in great detail based off of the work they did versus, uh, versus the work we did versus, you know, looking at, you know, sort of a very high level company financial and go, great, and glad we bought it. Now let's take it over. Um, because we were able to bring them such deep understanding of how the acquired company was working, um, they were able to make some some big changes. It's It's been about a year and a half since that acquisition happened. And um, what, what's nice about it is, and what I'm quite proud of actually for, for the team that worked on the ground there is, um, you know, everyone was sort of hoping that that new combined company would would sort of reach, you know, at best the the sort of growth rates and profitability of the of the acquired company. And it turns out they've actually gotten a ton of synergies out of it. Their their growth is is actually in excess of what the two growth rates were prior to them combining. So in other words, one plus one is equal more than two for them. And they're and it has become one of the most profitable sort of growing units within the business and, and sort of a shining star of, of how to think about bringing the best in, in, in thinking of, of performance, um, you know, to a, to a team that really thought that they knew what they were doing, but, but clearly weren't doing as well as they could. Have you ever been on an engagement that you felt the executive team just didn't have the buy-in you would hope for for your recommendations? When I come up with a recommendation or a team comes up with a recommendation, you know, we, we believe that that, that really is going to be, you know, something that changes the company. Where I get a lot of pride um, is, is when I can look back on the performance of a company after I'd been there and know that I'd made a difference. I go back and look at stock prices of companies and in the two years or three years after I've worked with them, I try to see if I've helped change your trajectory. And so, you know, what's fulfilling for me is knowing that the work that we've done actually lands and, and matters. Um, but to your point, every once in a while, I'm not as good at my job as I could be, I guess, and I can't quite convince I can't quite convince the executive team. There was a about two or three years ago. There was a company. There was a spinoff of a of a Fortune 100 company. They were about five billion dollars. Um, they made a lot of consumer electronic parts and did some distribution and stuff. And um, basically, what happened is after they IPO'd, um, their stock just sort of wasn't performing as well as it could, and sort of the first quarter earnings weren't sort of where they needed to be. And so we got called in by a board member um, that we knew to, to do a quick elevate diagnostic on this company. We came up with a number of recommendations, um, very, very tactical, just silly examples. Um, they had a, 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 a corporate relations team that was, you know, kind of at the same size and scale of what you would have it's sort of like a company 10 times its size. And we were like, look, there's just a tremendous amount of effort being thrown into public relations, which ultimately isn't translating into more sales or more dollars for your shareholders. Um, and, and you know, we had a laundry list of, of different recommendations. And, and I can remember the final readout because it was a tough readout when you when you are helping to to come. To, to help a company that really feels like it's in more dire straits and activist investors are, are, 
are um, knocking on your door and, and creditors are wondering if they've made a bad investment and all that sort of stuff. Um, anyways, it was, it was a tough readout. Uh, I could tell that uh, the team had heard but, but didn't want to listen, if you will. And, um, you know, they ended up not taking our recommendations. Um, and I guess this is a bit of a cautionary tale because I, and I've always felt bad about this. You know, th- that CEO and CFO were gone from their roles within six months. And, and I think the moral to the story is that, um, you know, I think it's really easy for executives to see these types of engagements um, and, and to, to understand or taste the medicine but not want to take it. Um, you know, I think particularly when you get on, you know, sort of a very critical assessment of yourself and your own team, it, it's really easy to blame the doctor that comes in and says, you know, you need to make these changes um, or, or else, you know, bad things could happen, um, both to you professionally and, and the company sort of trajectory and certainly your shareholders. And, um, you know, this, this, this type of work exists not because consultants are out there making up problems. This type of work exists because these problems are true and they happen. And um, it is very difficult for executives to recognize that running a company um, day to day is just very different than running it when major disruptions that happen and you need to change. And um, so, so there are cautionary tales out there. And, and I think the the um, the common knowledge is is something like seventy percent of these transformative efforts fail, and I would say that the number one reason they do always comes back to the guy at the top or the gal at the top um, didn't get the rest of uh, the team on board, and I often think it's my job to help him or her get there. Take the case, and it's it's always hard to see these things when you're in it, which is one of the reasons why there are people like you doing what you're doing, so you can have a clearer sight of that. So uh, thank you for all of that tremendous insight. We really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. As we close out, is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I would share is just to, to recognize that inviting a critical lens on your performance, whether that's through an outside consultant like ourselves or internally, um, is probably, I think, one of the best things that you can do as a, as a leader of a business. Um, I remember my own sort of trajectory as I went through my leadership career, you know, running the company that I did. I, very early on in my career, I wanted to be the star pupil in the group. I wanted to make sure that my my group CEO understood that, you know, we were killing it. And and I increasingly recognized that that my role as a senior leader was not to highlight the wins. I mean, I think those things are important, and certainly for for the junior team it is. But to really try and get ahead of problems, and and look at things proactively, and make sure that you don't get into a, a more dire situation like I just talked about with that that CEO and CFO had had gotten fired over. Um, and and so my biggest I guess recommendation or suggestion to executives is is, you know, it, it, it's it's never a bad time to be critical of, of how much better you could do. Well, I, I think that's my pull quote for today. I'm going to write that one down. Um, thank you so much, Roz, for your time. Really appreciate you being with us today. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you sometime in the future more and get more insights later. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Want to know more about Elevate? We offer several ways for you to connect with the content you want and take the next steps. 
be sure to check out the white papers available on this and other topics. Sign up for the Elevate C-Suite Perspective series. And if you haven't listened to the first edition of the Rapid Impact podcast, be sure to do so. Links to all of these resources are available in the podcast description. Thank you for engaging with our podcast today.